And with that being said, and with that being said, with that being said, and with that being said, with that being said, I'm really thankful I, I got that chance to go play at K State. With that being said, with that being said, thank you all. And with that being said, with that being said, I am. <laughs> nah, with that being said. Hey guys, welcome to our Five is One podcast. And with that being said, uh, this is a big time episode that we've got going on this week. Um, first off, we've got the host, co-host with the most, uh, Gerald Foster back in the house. I'm back, baby. Golly, it's, I, I, how many of you done without me? I feel so out of the loop these days. I don't know, man. The, the shows have just been, you know, <laughs> hanging on by a thread, but now we've got the main event back in the, the house. Uh, if 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 I'm the main event, then we got our our WrestleMania of it all. We we we're bringing in one of the young bucks. Kind of, you keep going. I'll I'll sit back and uh, I'll I'll let you keep introducing. I know you got more to more to say than I would. No man, this is a big time show. Not only we have uh, Gerald Foster back in, we have national champion Joe Moore Award winner, ooh, Michigan Wolverine. Connor Jones in the house, man. Offensive lineman from right here in Colorado Springs, Palmer, the pride of Palmer Ridge High School. Connor Jones, welcome to the episode, man. Well, I, thank you guys for having me on. It's a, it, it's an honor to come on the podcast. Um, I don't know if I can be called the pride of Palmer Ridge, though. Pride, the pride. <laughs> we're 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 so lucky today. This is great. Hey, this is this is an awesome show because we've got this is like we might as well be on like the Big Ten Network. Because we've got Michigan represented, the national champions. We've got the Nebraska Cornhuskers represented by Coach Gerald Foster. And now I've got to get used to saying the Big Ten and USC Trojans working their way over to play Michigan in the big house this year. We're going to have a little Big Ten smack talk going down in this episode also. Let's do it. (laughs) I love. um, Go ahead, Gerald. I I just love that, like trash talk for my team right now i don't know if i really should be saying anything i know we 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 pulled out somehow dylan riola thank god that we were able to get us a five-star quarterback looks like he's going to be you know the future in nebraska fingers crossed i'm hoping you know if he has half the town his dad had for us uh we're gonna be doing pretty good but uh sc you guys had a crazy year uh looked uh like you're gonna be making your way to the playoffs a couple things happened and uh, you fell a little bit short, but there, the Michigan Wolverines, goodness gracious, of all the teams, not only were you guys uh, able to to take the ship at the end, you guys were unanimous. You didn't lose. What well, what what does that even feel like to have a season where you're not only able to say, yeah, we won the national championship, but every team that we faced, we were able to take out. There was no uh, if and buts about it for who is the best team uh, in the nation. How did that feel? I mean, it's honestly just surreal. Um, you know, everybody after, you know, we won the championship. I mean, for weeks, everyone like everyone that was close to me and my family and my friend circle, they are just asking me, you know, how does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? And every time I, I couldn't even put words to it. I mean, I was on the field. I was putting the shirt on over my pads. I was putting that little hat on my head. It never fits, um, but and, indeed, man, man, you get the championship hats. It's like the photo op, and then you never wear it again. It's like that thing's going on the mantle. It ain't like you're going to wear a national championship hat and rock it around town or anything like that. No, that's definitely a prized possession. It's going to be hung up somewhere. Um, but even then, I mean, I, there, you don't even know what emotion to feel when you're in that. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a starter on the team. I wasn't much of a contributor, but, you know, I did contribute in a sense of, you know, our, my, my job on scout team was to get the defense ready. And I mean, we had probably the best scout team O that I mean, I, it was said it was the best scout team O that they've probably seen in a very, very long time. And, you know, promising for the future of the Michigan Wolverines, but, um, no, it was just a blessing to be, a part of that journey um and to say that we beat 15 teams outright and straight up it's not said a lot in college football um 
our coaches hit on it a lot during during this past season. You know, we need to cherish every win that we get and learn the lessons that we need to learn throughout each and every game because getting a win is it gets harder and harder as you progress throughout the season, especially getting into that playoff run. I mean, I, I'm looking at your shirt right now. He, he's got the Rose Bowl on, like hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, he's got the Rose Bowl on. You were the last game that Saban played. You, the last game he played was against Michigan. Am I? I'm not wrong about this, right? The last game he played was what? Yeah, Alabama. Yeah, yeah Alabama. Yep. I'm, I'm, I was going to say you had me a little nervous for a second. Oh yeah, yeah. That was only like the semifinals. It's like okay, yeah, no big deal, you know. Baby. Yeah, right. He's you know, like, I had a lot no big deal. Rose Bowl. That was a good warm up game for the nasty for the natty. Pulling yeah, it here and go you know. through like going through not knowing how to feel like that, even putting that into perspective is nuts. I mean, that game in general being there was electric, electric. The best football game I've not only been a part of, but been able to watch too. The granddaddy of them all, Pasadena, you're a Rose Bowl champ. I was fortunate enough to play in the Rose Bowl 1996. We played uh, Northwestern. And uh, that was kind of their Cinderella season. All of Pasadena was purple. They came in. There's no feeling like New Year's Day to be able to look up. And it's right around that end of the third, early fourth quarter when the sun sets right over the mountains. And it kind of has that orange-purple uh, sunset. And you look around, you're like, man, I'm playing in the granddaddy of them all. And how? what was that feeling like, playing in the Rose Bowl, playing in the granddaddy of them all? Um, I mean, you could ask any one of my guys. It was just, it was awesome. It was the best experience that I think any of us have had. Um, and, you know, down to the activities that we did while we were down there, um, to, you know, even going to practice at the facility that we were at every day. Um, even the hotel, I mean, I had to walk like a half mile just to get from the elevators to the meeting rooms and it was just, crystal balls and giant chandeliers and um no it was just it was awesome and it was i'm probably gonna say this word a lot but just surreal don't worry you had a season that was surreal like every moment that you add out there all of the chances all of the uh things that i i know for myself you know being in pasadena was probably one of the, the places that i really wanted to go to that would have been you know, to cap off my college career. So being able to say that you got to go there, that's that's one of the coolest uh, things. And I, I really hope that you, after, it's going to take a couple of years, but after that time, you're able to sit back and be like, damn, I really did all this. Like, I was able to be the last game Saban did, you know, with the <clears throat> tenure he had at Alabama. I was able to have a, a team that went undefeated. I, I was with our coach in his uh, championship run, and then now he's going to the league, like all these things. It's going to be crazy, you know. And then your coach, um, oh, I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself, but no, gotta, there's some big news coming out of Ann Arbor right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I was there, like, there are some things now. By the time this thing airs, Honor, what what is going on? Like we've talked about the Rose Bowl, the great season you've had. Now you go from the emotions of winning it all, having uh, a national championship. Coach Harbaugh has, leaves, goes to the Chargers. He loved L.A. so much. He wants to go back. He loved the, the Rose Bowl, so he like wants to hang out back there. Um, now you deal with the emotions of losing your coach. What's going to go on? I mean, how, everything that's going on, like what can you say about what's happened in Ann Arbor the last you know, week to 10 days with Coach Harbaugh? Who knows where he's going to go? He ends up leaving. What's the situation with your uh, coaching staff and Coach Moore now? Like, what's going on right now? You, you've got incredible insight to college football right now. I mean, um, you know, we got back. Um, we had a couple days off, and then we had our celebration. Um, that was actually a blast, and it was kind of interesting to be a part of because, you know, growing up, I always would see things like that happen on TV. But I never saw like, you know, what happened in the background, what happened with any of that stuff. And now that I, that I was able to be a part of that, that was awesome. Um, and then after that, we had our parade in Ann Arbor. That was 
electric. You know, there was so many people. I've never seen that many people inside of State Street. I mean, um, you guys were on top of the double decker buses, the whole deal. Like that, that's awesome yeah. to be able to be in like, parades, man. We had like 60 brand new F 150s trucking us around. We had a giant 50 foot long bed truck that had the rest of us. We had a fire truck hosting, you know, our, our captains and our coaches. And, um, it was just pretty, it was just pretty awesome. Um, and then, you know, I feel like we all had, a feeling that it was the end of a chapter. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. Um, we all had a feeling that Coach Harwell was going to look at his options. Um, he was very outright last year when he started looking for a head coaching job in the NFL last, it was last year around this time, actually, when he got interviewed by the Vikings. And, uh, you know, he came and he brought us into a team meeting. He was just straight up with us. He has goals that he still has for his career. And, you know, he has a national championship and now he wants to go grab that Super Bowl. And, um, you know, last year there was just, there was too many unfinished, um, things that happened. And now with that, basically the perfect season closing out national championship win, we have the trophy sitting in our weight room right now. Um, it's just a perfect end to an era and end to a chapter and a great transition to get into, you know, code. And this is the big news, Coach Moore stepping up and being our new head coach. Um, and it's it's awesome to be a part of because I entered into an era of Michigan football that was underneath the legend, Coach Jim Harbaugh. And now, you know, we get to let Coach Moore, a brand new head coach, um, the coach in O-line and offensive coordinator and before that tight ends. Um, now step into that role and have a great outline and, you know, be able to also keep this amazing staff together that we have, um, with us hiring internally, you know, we might lose a couple here and there. Um, but being able to keep our core staff together, I think is just going to keep the success, the success going in Ann Arbor and keep that magical plan that we have in the background going. It's pretty cool to see offensive line coaches becoming head coaches. You know, you it's coach, not seen too many. It's not seen a lot either. No, I mean he's obviously a special leader and has the pulse of the team. I mean, you think about an offensive line coach; you're coaching almost half of the offense out there, and to be able to have that much influence, being a play caller. You know, it's pretty rare to have offensive line coaches as play callers, as offense coordinators also, and now taking that role on as the new head coach at Michigan uh, is an incredible accomplishment. And I can feel from your excitement that the team's pretty pumped up about having Coach Moore named the head coach. Absolutely. Um, not only do we get to be a part of just history in general with everything that we've gone through within the past year, um, but now, like I was saying, we get to start a new era and, you know, all of us, we love coach Moore. He's such a great coach. Um, he's so much passion and love for the team. Um, and I mean, he's just real, you know, we know the guy who's stepping into that role and it's just a perfect, a perfect outcome to us, a, a perfect situation. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be a lot of excitement. You're obviously bummed you're losing coach Harbaugh, but the way that he was up front and real with you guys to say, hey, I want to go get a Super Bowl ring. I've won a national championship here. I want to go chase a Super Bowl. And no better opportunity for Coach Moore to to take the torch and run with it now and have that great opportunity. I mean, you guys are Joe Moore Award winning, the, the top offensive line uh, recognized um, at Michigan there over the last couple of years. You played against the, this year's Joe Moore award-winning offensive line at Washington. And you guys pretty much put a pounding on them. You know, great staff. Coach DeBoer is going to do great things at Alabama. I mean, think about college football, how much it's changed over the last month to say Coach Harbaugh is now with the Chargers. Coach DeBoer leaves and goes to Alabama. All the changes within what's going on. 
I mean, even just the four semifinals teams, it's amazing with Coach Saban stepping down, Coach Moore getting the job, Coach DeBoer moving. I mean, it is insane to see how much movement and volatility is in college football right now. Very different than when Gerald and I played. Oh, yeah. Lord, I mean, you got you got to compare it to um, with Tom Brady officially retiring. You know, that's a whole line and a whole generation of quarterbacks that are now legends in the NFL. That you know, they're giving it up to these younger guys who are coming in now. And you got to it's when you look at football and you look at the history of football, you'll notice that there there are a lot of coincidences that happen across all different levels. You have these legends within the NFL at quarterback. They step down, they retire. These new guys are stepping up, creating a whole new generation of quarterbacks. You have these legends and these legendary coaches that have been coaching in college football for such a long time. They're now retiring and stepping down or going on to different things. You know, you have these younger guys coming in, stepping in, and creating this whole new generation of college football coaches. And it's just, you have that, you have the new um, conference realignments, you have the new playoff system. It's just, it's going to be a whole different year of college football. It's going to feel that way, and I feel like it's going to be for the best. It's going to be the most entertaining, and um, it's going to be best for us, the players, as well. You're really making me realize, he's making me realize how much this next year is going to be. I mean, I I had thought of it, you know, a, a little bit. I was like, yeah, okay, this is happening, this is happening. But when you, when you sit down and really look at it that way, that the the legends of the coaching uh, of all the coaches, what is it? Three of the four schools that were in the playoff this year are going to have a new coach. We're right. going to change it from four to a twelve man. Uh, or it's a 12 team playoff. We got the Big Ten. What is it? We're at 16 now, uh, teams. Oh, we, had the SEC, we had 14, I think, like that. Uh, Big 12 is back to 12. Um, and the Pac 12 is still alive somehow with two teams. Are they, yeah, but they have two teams. Like, what, what, what's going on with that? Like, you know, there's so much going on right now. This is going to make the next year exciting. Uh, one thing I did want to say while you were talking, which um, I thought was, I think it speaks volumes to uh, Jim Harbaugh on his personality. For him to be able to tell you not only this year, but last year, hey, I'm actually looking to make my way back to the NFL. A lot of coaches wouldn't have done that. A lot of coaches would have lied to you guys and been like, don't worry, I'm still here, I'm still here, I'm still here, until he signs the paper, and then he goes, oh, I'm so sorry that you guys found out on ESPN on the ticker before you would have been the guy like, hey, let me let you know what my mindset is and where I'm planning to be in my own career. That is uh, something I'd hope a lot of uh, other coaches see, they, that you can actually be open to your team and treat these guys like they're um, not like they're chess pieces, but more like they're your teammates, they're your, uh, your kids, and you're really just trying to let them have a chance to be the best that they can possibly be. Absolutely. And that's just his coaching style. I mean, you know, he's he's gonna take it right into the Chargers. He's gonna do the same thing. You know, he when he was talking to us and when he would meet us, especially when, you know, it was coming down to decide what certain players were gonna do as far as how their eligibility's looking, um how they're looking as far as on the depth chart and combining all these different um all these different points together to help a player make a decision about whether or not they're going to stay, move on, um, be done with football entirely. Um, you know, he, he came at it from a perspective of a dad, not as a coach. And it was very unselfish in the way that he would do that. Um, and I mean, you know, as far as, him meeting with us, I feel like he could have done that. And I feel like the reason why a lot of other coaches can't do that is because of the staff that they have. And, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade out there, but at the same time, our staff is just so good. We have a staff full of head coaches. And I mean, that's a direct quote from Coach Harbaugh himself earlier. I think he put that out during team camp. You know, we have a staff that are full of guys who are going to be head coaches at some point. 
And so being able to have these different leaders on the, on the team and on the staff, it really helps so that, you know, he can be open and honest with us as far as that goes. And the, there's no real distraction there because the different leaders that are on the team then that are in our staff and, um, they can still take over and it's still independent, but also works as one. That's awesome to talk about like the relationships that you have with the coaches. Let's backtrack to why you chose Michigan and your recruiting process. Like you were a highly sought after offensive lineman, um, coming out of Colorado. Colorado's known for offensive alignment. I mean, there's a lot of big men that come out of this state, which is really cool. Gerald and I get to train them with our five as one training, helping guys transition to the next level. Um, take us through kind of the reason you chose Michigan, how you ended up there. Obviously you feel great about your decision and the trajectory that you're on. I mean, you're right now in the thick of it, looking to compete get in the mix. You played last year as a true freshman, if I'm not mistaken. They gave you some action um, mm-hmm. as a young buck, and you were able to utilize your red shirt, but also get a lot of game experience. So I know that's a lot to talk about, but I guess focus on the recruiting part of it, your journey, how you ended up there, and just your process. Right before you go, hold on, right before <laughs> you go, I would like to uh, talk about one of our sponsors, uh, Fix Sports. Uh, performance. They are uh, located in Monument, Colorado. Uh, this is where we do a lot of our work with our guys. Uh, I thought I'd be able to throw this in before you start talking since you're one of the guys that uh, went through Fix. If you're trying to elevate yourself to be a better athlete, um, to be able to have facilities and um, a space with great coaching staff and great uh, people, go to Fix Sports in Monument. You're up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Um, yeah, so kind of just taking you through, giving a little bit of a backstory. Um, I started playing football when I was in second grade. Um, so actually, I was talking about this as one of the, with one of the guys today. So I was born in 2003. Um, but with how Colorado works and where my birthday is at, I missed the cutoff for kindergarten. And so I technically should be a senior in college right now because that's where all the other kids who are my age are, but because I'm in that I had to wait a whole another year to get into kindergarten. And so I just, I made that connection today. I thought that was a pretty cool fact, but, uh, um, no. So I started playing football in second grade. Um, what you know, position second grade or what, what did you know you were three point stance the rest of your life or were you, were you living those tight end dreams? I was a tight end and defensive end, actually. I was really number good. 12. We were number 12. Those are the good old days. <laughs> um, uh, started out with a little bit of like Parks and Rec here and there. Um, then the next year when I was in third grade, no, it was actually fourth grade, sorry. So third grade, I stayed with the same team that I played with on second grade, fourth grade. I joined um, this team, and we were just, I mean, we were smacking everyone. We were out of every game by halftime just because of the mercy rule alone. Um, and then we decided, so my dad, all the coaches there, um, they decided to take this team from Park and Rec, and we jumped into Pop Warner. Um, we played for the Colorado Springs War Dogs. Um, we played... What was it two seasons, three seasons, two seasons with the War Dogs? Um, we went, let me did some pretty awesome things. My our first year, we ended up being fifth in the nation. Um, second year, I don't think we, I don't think we even made it to Texas, but it's all right. Um, but built some pretty strong relationships and pretty strong bonds there. Um, and then it was interesting because this was a pretty big learning moment in my life when I had to go and play middle school ball. Um, everyone who lives in Colorado knows that middle school ball ain't really all that. And that's not to hate on the middle schools around there. It's just, it's not, it's not a very um, important thing when it comes to things to do in Colorado, like it is in a, in a Texas environment or a Florida environment or even a California environment. Um, 
And so going into there, you know, I was way more experienced than everyone else of playing football. I um, have been playing for a lot longer. Most of the, like 99% of my team, that was the first season they've ever played football. And so I had to really start stepping into a leadership role. And that's where I, you know, started breaking down and working on those leadership um, skills and, you know, techniques that I have now. Um, but it was difficult because, A, it was a five-week season. It's the shortest season I've ever been a part of. Um, I had to learn the relationship between the player and coach when it comes to the coach not being as knowledgeable about the game than you. So you have a weird little dynamic there where, I mean, you know your player knows more about the game of football than you do as a coach. And I had to, you know, make sure I wasn't stepping on any toes of being disrespectful, but also making sure that my team was in positions to win games too. Um, which really helped me out going into high school because in high school I was a part of a really great staff at Palmer Edge. Um, yes, I was a Colorado Springs kid. I hadn't honestly until, um, it was my friend Anthony Costanzo. He's the one who jumped to Palmer Ridge. Me and Caden Dudley were going to go to Vista Ridge. And um, there was just a couple of things that happened between then that, you know, I decided and me and Caden decided to go up to Palmer Ridge instead and join Anthony. Um, but yeah, I had no clue that the town of Monument even existed in Colorado until then. Um, and then obviously made this, made the decision and went to Palmer Ridge, um, freshman year to play at C squad, sophomore year thrown into a starting position, felt like I did pretty good, but still pretty young. And then he was pretty adamant about that part. Um, you know, making sure I'm posting workouts, making sure I'm posting videos of me doing footwork and football drills, making sure I'm posting my film every week from the season. Um, and, you know, tagging coaches on Twitter, um, tagging these different people, aiming for the in-state schools. And once I have those, aiming for the out-of-state schools, aiming for the dream schools, having no expectations on it and having all of, all of your dreams and motivation into one bubble and just throwing it out there. And, um, that is what really kickstarted it. Um, my first offer off the bat was Colorado State. Um, that was actually my sophomore year. I went up for an unofficial game day. That's when Coach Bobo was still coaching there. That doesn't tell you that was a long time ago. Right. Um, and he pulled me into his office, and he offered me right before they played. Um, and then after that followed New Mexico State. And then um, I had held a offer for Michigan for my for, for a while um but it was made official on September 1st of my junior year um that was number 3 and then after that they just kind of came in i had eight offers total um with my top 3 being Michigan, Northwestern and Oregon State um and yeah i mean that's it's pretty much my story and then why I chose Michigan. So Michigan has been, has been my dream school since I was very young. Um, my dad and I grew up Michigan fans and I, if I had the opportunity, I really wanted to go to Michigan to play football. Um, and so as soon as the opportunity came to me, I seized it. Yeah. It's pretty much that story. That's awesome, man. I mean, you started early, obviously started playing. You had great guidance from your, from your family, from your dad. Um, you took the bull by the horns and you didn't just wait. You were proactive with your recruitment. And I think that's a big thing where, um, the days of coaches just finding players that that's past. You have to be your own best advocate. You, you have to be able to get out there and utilize resources. And that's what we try to do with our five as one training with not only giving kids technical, um, skills to be able to go out and perform and play well, but also with contacts and helping. And you utilize that. You were out there proactive. 
with the training, going out, being aggressive, going to camps, going to games, getting yourself out there, creating a social media presence and creating something that it's, it's really out there and being uh, aggressive to go reach out to coaches. What advice would you have for kids if you could go back and tell yourself to do different or something that you say, Hey, do this. This is the best way to help use football to better your life. Um, honestly, I would say prioritize your, prioritize your body and your health. Um, utilize your resources, whether that's social media or if you have a college down the road, um, especially one that puts on camps, you know, just any resource you can get your hands on, just make sure you utilize it, especially in your recruitment. Um, there's a lot of states out there where, you know, the recruitment buzz is simply just not there. And you have states out there where, you know, you don't necessarily have to use all of those resources because, you know, you're in Texas and it's the biggest football state in the country. And all the college scouts are already going out there to look anyways. Um, but especially with the body, I feel like if I would have made sure that I was doing the right things earlier and created the habits earlier, I would have put myself in a little bit more of a ready position coming into college. Um, and there's a lot of people who are being very proactive with that now. Um, you know, you have some of these incoming freshmen that are coming in and they're, they're getting ready since they step on campus. And, um, most of the time they're coming from these big football states that it's easy to get recruited from. And so, yeah, I mean, that's probably my biggest advice. I would say the status quo of, uh, I feel like probably me and Jaime, when, when we'd come to a school as an offensive lineman, it used to be, oh, that first year, you're definitely going to redshirt, right? But I feel like now, nowadays, all these kids and understanding their bodies, understanding what they can do in their off seasons, their skill work, all these things, they're actually getting, you know, themselves set up so that, like you said, you know, the young guys are coming in and they can actually play. I, I know, at least for me, when it was my first, uh, my first year there, if you would have told me, all right, Joe, you got to start, that would have been, that'd been a lot to ask from me. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's something that a lot of these young guys are, um, <clears throat> I, I see it as a big positive, um, for them to be able to have their bodies already and for them to have the good habits built. Um, but it's just, it, it's kind of crazy to see all these young guys doing things that, you know, it took my second year for me. To like uh, try to understand why I need to be doing, why I need to be eating, all those kind of things. Yeah, I think being able to utilize all the resources that are available, and that's where we want to be able to throw a shout out to a couple of companies that have helped us with our five is one training. First off, Ray Crowther Company. It's one of the top names uh, in um, in football equipment, and they have been able to help produce tip of the spear and the blast shields that we use within our training um it is really the top shield that allows coaches and players to take the most dominant techniques into the game into their own hands uh using that in practice uh and in training sessions and we definitely are proponents for the blast shields and tip of the spear training about trying to make the teaching and the fundamentals as safe as possible Offensive line usually takes a little longer to develop the footwork, the technique. You have been coached by some of the best. Obviously, Coach Moore, who's now the head coach. Um, how long was it until like you felt comfortable within your technique? It, I mean, is it's it's still probably evolving now? Uh, just as you gain strength, as you get stronger, but your footwork, your technique in high school. I watched you play. You were just able to dominate some of the guys that you were going against. Just physically, you were that much more developed. But now, once you go to a Power 5 school, you're at an elite-level institution. How much does technique play into success and time and, and working your way at the depth chart from what you've seen, Connor? It's really everything, um, especially at the offensive line position. You know, I do, I do feel like you know, some of the skill positions, if you're fast and athletic and can catch a ball, you know, you're set. Um, 
But as an offensive lineman, you know, obviously it's going to take time uh, to get your body ready to be in that type of environment at a power five school. Um, but technique wise, if you don't have good technique, you can be 330 pounds and have 9% body fat and you will get rocked. Um, and you know, my, my technique, you know, I honestly, I still don't feel comfortable with my technique yet. Um, I'm, I'm definitely getting there. Um, still working on things and it's the, Nice thing with being on scout is that, you know, I go against the, our, really, it's the number one defense in the nation. That, that's a statistic from last year. I'm able to go against them year round. And so utilizing that, being able to watch that film from practice, being able to watch that film from spring ball, critique some things of my technique here, and then jump to this part of the technique and critique things there, you know, it's, it's a never-ending cycle, and something that Coach Moore has done um, to continue to improve that is he will take, you know, the two top guys in the room, or the three top guys in the room, and he'll go down to the all-eye masterminds. Because the beautiful thing about the offensive line technique is that it just keeps on evolving and getting better and better and more different and more diverse and. There's a bunch of different ways you can do one technique and being able to go and learn all of them so that you can then hone in and choose what your favorites are, what works for you. Um, that's really the focus when you're in college, especially if you're trying to go pro. I've been able to attend O-line masterminds the last couple of years with Duke Mannyweather and the training that he does. And it's a really, it's a unique experience to go to. I've been to coaches clinics. Um, I've, I, you know, I've went and visited coaches, but when you have a player driven environment where they talk about the techniques and you've got guys, you know, Lane Johnson and Creed Humphreys and, you know, Andrew Whitworth and those guys that are, you know, Hall of Famers that are talking about techniques, it's really an awesome experience. And so shout out to Duke and Lane for putting on O-line masterminds. And it's awesome to see Coach Moore, you know, allowing his players to continue to develop, you know, the top dogs. And that's kind of, I'm sure, something you want to shoot for. And for us being able to work together, like when we had some opportunities to train at Fix, Connor, like are there some technical things? Like you've got goals. You want to crack the starting lineup. You are a guy that you know, you're prideful, you want to be in the mix. Are there a couple things you want to do this winter, this off season or this spring ball? Hey, I'm really focused on, you know, my footwork on, you know, or my hand placement or my pad level, or do you have a couple things you want to really improve upon or that your coaches have given you that you need to really focus on improvement wise? Um, so looking at everything and listening to the coaching points, um, my main goal is to improve my foot speed um, and my lateral speed. Um, really, I mean, you mix that in with what I'm doing with my body and the plans that I have with our nutritionist and our strength coach this offseason. And as long as I can do what I need to do and do what I'm supposed to do and improve on the things that I want to improve on, and I feel like I have a pretty good shot at accomplishing those goals this year. That's awesome. Like foot quickness. I mean, people just think offensive line, you need to be as big and as strong as you possibly can. Yes, that's a part of it. But if you don't, if you're not able to put yourself in a good position, it doesn't matter how strong you are. If you can't move laterally, if you can't cover a linebacker, if you can't pull, if you can't redirect on, you know, passing off a twist. I mean, those are the things to be able to utilize your core strength, to utilize your skill set that you have. You got to have the foot speed, Gerald. I mean, you've you've seen it. I mean, you're training with the guys that we have right now. I would say that's one of the probably underrated skills that are out there for the big men. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, and nothing against the camps where they do the one on ones, uh, but it's a defensive drill. Well, between that and then the offensive guys that they want to win, they'll let them just throw the guy to the ground. You know, he doesn't have to get there with his feet. He can just maul the dude and. We'll say that's a win, and we just keep going with, you know, all right, well, that was fun. And I I don't see I don't see growth in drills 
like that, at least for me. One-on-ones, definitely there's a learning aspect when you're doing it the right way. I think that the college level, um, the pro level, uh, I think it's done the right way. Uh, it's not just having people line up against each other and, you know, we can let that guy go from a three tag to a, he's now in a seven and he's supposed to be going against a guard. And now he's just shooting straight to the quarterback. You know, all the weird stuff like that, that you, uh, you'll see more in the high school realm. Um, but there was a point that I wanted to make that wasn't, uh, about the, the foot speed. It was about your coach being okay with taking his players to, um, to O-line master, right? That is, that's, it's wild to hear because of the egos that coaches usually have. Nothing against coaches, I mean, <laughs> but coaches usually are like, well, this is my way or that's, that's going to be it. If you can't do it my way, you should probably go to a different school. For him to be comfortable, you know, not only with his tech, you know, like what, with what he believes, uh, and what he understands, but being able to say, I don't know everything. I just had, you know, a Joe, a Joe Moore team. I just, I had a national championship team. I don't know everything still. I want you guys to be able to hear it from other guys that are playing the position. You guys, uh, can figure out who has the same kind of body type as you. The, the fluidity of what offensive lineman is, is that, you know, I, I tell it to all the young guys, I'm just building your toolbox so you can pull out the right tool for the moment. And uh, it seems like your coach is on the same kind of um, same kind of mindset that I am too, which is cool to hear. Right? Yeah, and that's just it. Just speaks to the coach he is and why he's in the position that he is in. Really, are they planning on bringing in an offensive line coach to replace him? Have you heard anything like that, or are they gonna have him do the O line and then they'll bring in like an OC? <clears throat> Honestly, I really don't know how that's going to play out. Um, we have some time. We push back our spring bowl season um, a bit later. So well, you guys did play until you know, deep into yeah. January. I think you deserve a little bit of a pushback. But, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see how that all that stuff plays out. I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate right now, but he's going to have his pulse, figure on the pulse of what's going on with the offensive line. I mean, that's really cool to see. Uh, more and more offensive line coaches have the title of coordinator to be able to call plays. Um, and then now because of that, having opportunities to lead teams. And, and so, um, that's great to see, excited to see what the future holds in Ann Arbor. There is a ton of stuff going on. Um, what is your schedule right now? Like what is, you know, the season's over. You just finished. You got a little bit of a break, not much. And now you're right back into it. What is your big emphasis? We talked about technique, but like, what's your schedule, um, winter conditioning wise right now, um, daily and then throughout the week? Um, so weekly, you know, we're lifting six times a week. Um, you know, coach, coach Herb is doing his thing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He, uh, He's programmed everything to uh, do exactly what we need to do as a young team. Um, and, you know, as far as that goes from a weekly standpoint, yeah, we're at six days a week. We get one day off. It's basically just lifting right now. Um, and then any extracurriculars that you do on your own afterwards. Um, my daily schedule right now. So I'll take you through probably my longest day. Um, so. I'll have so right now I'm taking I think it's like either 14 or 16 credits um which is about five classes um so my Wednesdays are normally my longer days my Mondays are my long days but it starts kind of like this so I have class from 10 to 2 30 um and then after that I will go and grab something to eat and then I'll go to Shem and I'll lift and then after that I'll normally after my lift depending on the lift I don't I don't like to necessarily overwork it because my focus right now is really quality of my work um but I'll go and do footwork on either pass pro run game or both and um and some days you know I'll come back 
here to where I'm at, and then I will, you know, pull up my iPad and watch a little bit of film. Um, you know, just doing something a little bit extra here and there. Um, so doing that footwork, like, are you just, hey, I'm going to go over in the corner in the indoor, I'm going to get a little bit of work, or do you have a couple guys that you guys are working through some things together, or you're just kind of mastering your craft by yourself? So that's the interesting thing. So, um, our, we have three different lifting times and we're all spread out and it's totally based on school schedule. Um, and so a lot of the times I'll end up being on my own. Um, and then sometimes like Saturdays, I'll, which is when we have our, t- our big team lift, I'll go and then I'll have a couple of guys to kind of work with. But yeah, it's, in the back corner of the indoor facility where the O-line section is, it's where all of our equipment is at. And I'll just go back there and I'll rerun drills that I do currently, drills that I've done in the past that I've learned from you know, like you guys or Matt or stuff that I used to do even in high school. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, like film-wise, I'll either go up to our, our meeting room and I'll do film with our GA or I'll just do it on my iPad. Most of the time I end up just doing it on my iPad. That's awesome, man. Cause you can't just like, you've got to be able to find ways to better yourself. And the more you understand concepts, the more you understand plays, this spring practice is going to be huge for you. Um, you're going to have a great opportunity. It's going to be very competitive in spring ball and you want to be in the best position possible to know your concepts to know what you're doing. Um, have you had to fluctuate different positions through college? Have you bounced around? I know you played tackle. You played tackle in high school. Now all of a sudden you go to college, buckle up. Like the best of it, you know, the best ability is availability. You better play a lot of spots, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I have hit all five spots, at least in practice. You snapped it a little bit. Oh, so two spring games ago, if something happened to our center, I was the one going in to play center. <laughs> there is nothing better than when you when you find out something like that and you go, okay, well, I I want you to have a better game. You're talking to your center like, I want you to have the best game of your life. I don't need <laughs> you coming down at all. Okay, I'm going to be playing right by you. If you mean anything, just ask. You need a water, I'll go get it for you. Just, Just don't. Do not make me have to snap this when I don't know exactly what's all going on. I know Jaime, he kept making me do it just out of nowhere. He oh, Gerald, go in there and snap it. And I'm like, gotcha. Whatever you say, let's let's see what we got. As a coach, you got to be ready, worst case scenario. Not that you were worst right. case scenario, Gerald. I wasn't saying that. But you got to be ready. And the more spots you can play, the more value you bring to the unit, Connor. You, like, you see that. You got to be a guy that can, hey, I can bounce. I can play right. I can play left. I can go snap. I mean, you were a long snapper in high school, right? I mean, you were the snapper at Palmer Ridge before Walker showed up. And um, I, I think thank you, that, thank you to Walker for taking that one over. You, you, were, ha- <laughs> you were happy that he transferred in and showed up because, what, you guys were rolling people. It was mercy roll. And all of a sudden, if you go in, you got what you were saying, like you guys would beat people, and then all of a sudden you had to still go in and have to snap when you've been cold on the sideline, you know, having uh having sunflower seeds you're like great i gotta go truck out there and snap it so happy to hand that one over weren't you yeah i mean i'm definitely thankful that i you know took the time to learn how to log snap because i'm sure down the line eventually it'll be useful um but yeah definitely glad that walker can take that one over there's nothing there's nothing like you know coming out of halftime knowing you're done for the day you know sitting on the sideline got your sweatshirt you on we got a punt. You're like, and then you hear your OC say punt, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and not only that, I mean, we've always had we always had decent punters that would boot it between fifty and sixty yards down the field. And so it's not like I go out there, I snap it, and I'm good. No, I'm snapping it. I'm having to run down. I'm the spearhead of our containment circle that we were doing with our punt team. Um, and my job was to make sure he didn't get too far down the field. And so, no, I was still having to go and cover and, um, 
still grateful for that experience, but definitely glad that, you know, Walker and his tight end body could take that one over. <laughs> there it is, man. Hey, but like having that skill set to be a, a backup short snapper, you know, being a big body type of guy. I know your focus is playing offensive line, but like it helped me get into some NFL camps being a guy that could play center and snap and the versatility is key. Um, you're playing all, all across the board. Where are you right now? Like, are, are you kind of settled in at guard? Um, that's kind of your future or you're like, whatever coach, I'm in wherever you need me. You don't settle in until you're in that first O line. I mean, we had a tackle. His name is Jeff Percy. He was the backup right tackle my freshman year. Had started an entire game, or he was the left tackle, not the right tackle. Yeah, he was the left tackle. He had started an entire game at left tackle my freshman year. And then this year came in and learned that he was going to be playing right guard. And so, I mean, unless you're on that starting O line and really even are starting O line, we had guys like Carson Barnhart who played right tackle, left tackle, and right guard and started at all three. I mean, just being able to know all of them, it's easier to plug and play as a coach and being able to move everything around when guys go down. And that's big time. And the sooner you realize that, the better it's going to be for you in your career. I think that's great advice, man. Oh, yeah. Cause I mean, what, what coach wants to hear you come out and say, Oh, I'm a left guard. That's, uh, that's all you do. Yeah. That's all I do. It's like, well, <laughs> this guy might be, you know, 5%, uh, worse than you, but he says he can play from left all the way to the right. He can do any kind of position. That's the guy that you'd rather have out there. Uh, yeah, no. The best ability is availability. You're completely right, Ivy. That's it, man. So, training-wise, you, you you took us through your schedule, kind of the daily schedule and routine. Uh, we talked about some of the things that you want to work on, improve on. Like, how much of the nutritional aspect is a focus for you? I'm assuming at Michigan that they've got everything charted for you. You're meeting with dietitians and nutritionists. How much is that a part of your training now, your focus, and how much was that a part of your um, development in high school, and where was that kind of in your importance um, and advice that you might give to, to younger athletes out there? Um, so I'm a little different. I'm a little special in the case of I've always been very interested in the human body. Um it's even in my degree path, I'm getting into applied exercise science, um, which is a kinesiology program, which I mean, basically it's a very broad degree, but most of the time it's for any sort of physical education or physical training, which is kind of what I want to get into after football. Um, but yeah, I've always done my own research, even in high school, you know, I wasn't as strict with my diet as I am currently right now. Um, but that's because I was trying to put on weight. Um, and, you know, right now in college, you know, we have a nutritionist and, you know, Abigail, she's smart as hell and she does so much for us. Um, we actually have, so we have two different body scanners that we go to. So after, before, like every, every cycle that we do, we go and do what's called an IDEXA scan which it's a table that you lay on that does a scan of your entire body head to toe and will tell you how much fat mass you have, how much lean muscle mass you have. And then we will take that, um, we'll take that information uh, mixed with the goals that you have and create a plan. Um, she just got a new machine that currently sits at Shem. That's the in body that kind of does the same thing. It's just not as accurate. Um, but it helps keep track no different than like, you know, if you're to step on a scale and maybe the scale wasn't calibrated. And so you're actually 250, but it's reading 275. Well, if your goal is still to gain weight, I mean, you could still kind of calculate that out. If you're 275 on that scale and then you get to 290, will you gain weight? You're good. Yep. Uh, kind of same, same detail as that. Um, and then. So like right now, you know, I'm on a pretty strict diet because I'm trying to lose about 20 pounds of fat mass. 
And then this summer I'll turn right back around and put 20 pounds of lean muscle mass on. Um, but I'm doing it really as my own personal goal because last year, you know, going into the season, I, I was sitting between 225 or 325. Sorry, not 225. It's a little light. 325. I was going to say, look at you. <laughs> um, and then in the season, I got up to like 335 and I just, my body didn't feel the best. And so I knew I'd put on probably the wrong weight or a little bit too much of the wrong weight. And so that's some cold, that's some cold winters in Ann Arbor, man. You got to put on a couple extra layers, right? Isn't that crazy how quick, like, I mean, just five pound difference. You feeling that on your own body? Like, oh man, I feel like I can't do half the things I could have done from. And mine was always like 310 to 305, you know, like two different players. Right. Yeah. It's, it, I feel like it's definitely um, noticeable when you get above that 300 pound mark for sure. When you're in that 200s, it's not as noticeable, but you start to get in those hefty numbers and it's like, oh gosh, yeah, I don't feel fast at all right now. <laughs> it said, I am, I got to get this, uh, the, the wagon, I got to unhitch the wagon, right? But, so you're trying you're trying to drop weight right now, like this winter. That's got to be hard. Like this is kind of the the bulking season, trying to put weight on. You're trying to get stronger, but so you're really having to focus on your diet and what you're eating. It's probably a little harder to say right now is a time you're trying to drop. That's probably difficult on you. Yes and no. Um, yeah, it's still bulking season, um, but at the same time, um, my schedule is nowhere near as hectic and. But it's also structured. So like in the summer where we just have lifting responsibilities, um, that's where a lot of guys will kind of lose their mind because they don't have as much structure in there. But because I do, you know, we have private chefs at Shen. So I go there and I can eat three meals a day, every day, seven days a week or six days a week. They're closed on Sundays. Um, but, you know, with having the school schedule all I'll eat breakfast here. I'll go to class. I will go through class. I'll have my snack at some point. Normally, I'll have a lunch break. I'll go and snag, you know, a Chipotle bowl of stuff that I'm allowed to have and then go back to class, go grab a snack before my workout, do an in-body scan, workout, and then it's just... I don't know. As far as I go, I always work a lot better on a schedule. So having that structure, I feel like it's going to be not as hard getting down with the weight. Yeah, that's the that's the student athlete motto. That's why a lot of companies like to uh, hire um, student athletes, just because we're also used to our lives being scheduled out. And uh, it was just funny you saying like it got to the summer time and people would be going crazy because the schedule isn't as you know, maintained. And that is exactly what I remember. Uh, probably the exact same thing for you, Jaime, but, uh, yeah, we're all just so used to that schedule. And, um, even all the young guys that are, you know, coming up, I, I, I feel like these kids are building these habits that now we all have. And they're, uh, they're, it's going to do great for you going into, you know, the next years that you have, um, into your, uh, hopeful NFL, uh, seasons that you'll be able to play in. Um, b- being able to have this schedule, but if I were to be able to have had this when I was younger, classes probably would have been easier, things like that. So as a young kid, take the advantage of, uh, building your habits and, uh, having good ones to be able to set you along the line. No, it's great to have the structure and, you know, I'm, we're looking forward to, to watching the progress that you make throughout the spring. Um, excited to see where things are going, man. You got big time goals great opportunity ahead of yourself um any advice that you would give for the kids that we're training here in colorado um that you would love to uh you would have loved to have known or something that's different than what you thought maybe the college experience was like i mean it sounds like you have a full-time job when you're a student athlete when you play at michigan when you play at nebraska or usc like you you have a job you need to go to school. You need to handle your business. You're smart about your academics. But any advice, something that's totally different that you wish you would have been able to tell yourself back then? Um, 
I mean, really, it's kind of two full-time jobs being in Michigan and just being aware of the busyness and the the craziness. And, you know, I probably would have done a little bit better job creating the habits of, like, doing the little things, like putting putting everything into my calendar, which is what I do now, and, um, you know, making sure that, you know, scheduling out not necessarily in your head – but also doing that on a place where it can keep you accountable and sending notifications like cell phone that I'm using right now. Um, and then, I mean, just know what you want to do as well. I mean, don't, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, don't waste your time and don't waste your time and go and get in this, you know, hard degree path and, you know, now you're wasting away, you know, 14 to 16 credit hours a semester when you could do what you want to do, do maybe less credits or even more credits. And now you're doing something that you're passionate about and that you love. And so it doesn't feel like a job. Got you. Yeah. And he's, uh, since we're talking about, you know, you're, you're talking to the young kids. Uh, this is one of our sponsors, Ground Up Performance. Down in uh, Colorado Springs, for all the young guys that are down there that want a chance to develop yourself and become a better player, go to Ground Up. Uh, great people, uh, great guys to work with. Connor, you said that you worked with these guys when you were younger. So if you have a chance to, uh, go see their facilities and uh, and better yourself just all around. Um, getting back to what you were talking about. Hold on, hold on, Connor. Give us the lowdown. Like, you work with Jordan and Mike. Like, those guys... Give us give us a little shout out for for the crew down at, at Ground Up. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have been working with Mike since he was at Redline, and that was shoot like fourth grade is when I started working with him. Um, and then Jordan and him came along when I was in middle school, and they created their business Ground Up. Basically, what they do is um, they make better athletes out of athletes. Um, they teach you the correct ways, you know, correct running form. Um, they work with you, you know, if, if, for example, let's say you're a receiver or you're a track runner and you're running and you misstep accidentally, they will help work and drill some of those missteps that are most common. So you don't put yourself in a place of injury and you're able to recover from that in a way of the most safety and get back into that athletic position as well um but they've helped me with a lot of things i know i'm gonna probably train with them for a good bit when i'm back in may um because they i mean whenever i need to work foot speed i go and i train with mike and jordan and they they give me up on some ladder drills and some foot speed drills and it helps me out a lot so so really, it really helps in all aspects of sports. They work with absolutely everyone and every type of athlete. And yeah, they do pretty damn good work down there. Well, there's a reason why that place is packed with, uh, with young athletes that are looking to, uh, better themselves. I mean, when we go in there and we train, I think our groups, we've got, you know, 12 to, I mean, we have 12 to 15 guys that are training and we're looking over and there's like 20 little, munchkins ready to rock and roll work in speed ladder work in agility change the direction i mean it's awesome to see the training and development that's going on uh with those guys with mike and jordan so we're excited to have partnered with them uh and excited to give colorado springs athletes a chance to come train with five is one so um gerald what else you got we we got to let connor he's probably got some calories that he's got to put in he's probably got another meal a snack <laughs> something that he's got to get to anything else you want to hit to, to lock this up uh not too much it was great being able to have you on um i remember the first time i was able to meet you uh you're a stand-up guy somebody that seemed like they had their head uh all set for what they wanted to do which is one of the things that uh i, I love seeing in young guys definitely young offensive linemen people that you can see that they're they're pushing forward uh not pulling back so you just keep doing your thing we're going to keep watching you. We'll keep talking about you, even if you can't hear us, uh, of all the good things that you're doing. And uh, hopefully, uh, Michigan, you know, you guys can have a great year when you play Nebraska. Remember that 
that you're friends with me. You don't have to do anything too crazy to my team. But uh, other than that, I, I'm just happy that you're on. This is a whole lot of fun. Man, it is great yeah. to have you on the show, Connor. Um, give us uh, give us anything else that uh, is out there that uh, that kind of people that have helped you along the way. Any thank yous, anybody else? Um, I know you've got a great supporting uh, family. Um, and uh, anybody else that just you want to shout out to just thank that has helped you along your journey? Um, I mean, really just all, like it's important to build a support group. And I'm very appreciative of the support groups that I do have. I've been blessed enough to have a pretty large support group, especially back in Colorado. Um, every time I come back, you know, you guys invite me to come and work, uh, work out and come work out some things. And I'm always getting hit up by Mike and Jordan and come down and, you know, work some footwork stuff. And, you know, Matt's always hitting me up too to get down there. And so, you know, having that support group that is outside of your family, um, but also within your family, it all just, it helps out. And with that being said, thank you guys so much. It was, it was a blast. Big time, man. That's awesome. You may have a future in, uh, maybe in broadcast, something like that. And that was, I made this easy for us. No, it was great. It's awesome to have you guys on Gerald. Welcome back to the show. It's good to see your smiling face back on here, man. And, uh, Connor, we are excited to watch you. Uh, best of luck in spring ball. Get after it. Um, you know, set the tone early. Um, make the most of every practice, every rep, and uh, have a blast, man. College football will be gone in the blink of an eye. It's probably hard to believe you're this far along within your journey, but uh, we wish you the best. Um, excited to see where you're going. And uh, with that being said, guys, thanks for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, follow. Send us some comments and uh, spread the good news about 5 is 1. Until next time. See you guys.